How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going. Yep. Boy, boy, how does it go? Keeping on, keeping on. Sometimes you think it's still, but it isn't. It's it's going. Mm-hmm. If it was still, like if you're looking at water, and it seems perfectly still, just remind yourself, if it was still, it would be ice. Yeah. Basically, every water you have is a form of seltzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deep. All right. Well, those are your closing thoughts. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> um, after much deliberation, we approach the end of the month. And this is, you know, our time to think back, reminisce, be thankful that there are some games we played and other games that we didn't play. I've been trying to like equate this to Thanksgiving or something like that somehow, but uh, it's not that dramatic. We do this like once a month. So. The podcast once a month? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is filler. Those are all pre-recorded. <laughs> like we recorded a bunch of episodes once we started. <laughs> once once the AI thing was introduced, uh, they've all just been auto-generated. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, 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 what would happen is I think that if we said that, like, hey guess which episodes have been auto-generated we're not going to tell you guys people would start to pick apart like our mannerisms and be like real jake wouldn't say that (laughs) real dave wouldn't say that (laughs) dave is usually way more racist than that that's clearly ai (laughs) we actually have a a running joke in our dota discord about Mm. somebody being racist and sexist and i forget who it was yeah a newer person was yeah a newer person was coming over to play um and i think someone's like saying like giving the heads up like hey it's kind of like a rowdy bunch but like they're usually good people and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. everyone's really good uh this one person though is like a little bit sexist we're still trying to work on them and that person hadn't been introduced to the meme yet oh okay. so we're just persisting the thing and throwing this oh, one friend yeah. under the bus um but i love a nice disruptive lie like that where uh-huh. at the end of the day like it's not really going to impact either of them it'll get sorted out and hashed out but I like the, you just slip in this like a little bit of doubt or confusion. And then people mm-hmm. just go on with that information. Like, that's true. Uh-huh. They start like uh, equating other things that they say later to be like, all right, uh-huh. well, I mean, he, he's showing good improvement. He is honestly, honestly, he's not that racist. He's not that sexist. Right? Like, yeah. It doesn't and come then... through that often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has his times. Don't get me wrong. He has his times. <laughs> I appreciate that humor, though. I think when I, uh, anonymous work story, when we started working at a company, um, I think one of the first things I heard about another person who worked there who is a great person um, and very personable individual uh, was that he was probably a serial killer. And I was like, huh interesting <laughs> um and i think i had at some point a similar sort of meme about myself that i was a cannibal mm-hmm. yeah and neither of those things i think were true but who's to say all of the jokes that i've lined up are just not appropriate um so <laughs> i will leave it there <clears throat> yeah but yeah a nice little white lie for meme's sake I think mm-hmm. the main reason I like it is the long payoff. Mm-hmm. Because like, if I, like, let's say I saw some family this past weekend. 
uh, let's say I give them some information, and it's just like a lighthearted thing where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just lie about like an activity I've been doing or something, and right. they find out a year later that I wasn't telling the truth. Actually, that would probably just you know make our relationship even even less close. Yeah, which I'm also it's not opposed to necessarily, but it's got to be something absurd. You got to be like, oh yeah, I'm in competitive Pilates or something like that. That's what I've been doing in my free time. <laughs> Yeah. It's like super gaslighting, I'm realizing now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it really helps. You got to judge the vibe with the, the friend group, right? If you're in a group like your Dota Discord where everybody is kind of friendly, poking each other, ribbing each other, um, other, you know, gay euphemisms, um, then, like, that's a, that's okay. That's okay. If you're, If it's something with family where, like, they're just going to truly believe it without a hint of humor, and then later it just comes out as a lie, you're like, eh, it's not really a joke anymore. Yeah. But it's it's the best with, like, newer people. Like, hey, mm. so-and-so is bringing, like, a friend over to, like, a social get-together or a, a recently new significant other who, like, mm. hasn't met some of the other people yet. Like, they're in that position where they want to be accepted and polite yeah. and, like, they won't really overstep their bounds. And I want to fuck with those people so much because <laughs> I've been on that side of it. Uh, yeah. I've been on both sides. And at the end of the day, like, I want them to feel accepted. So I want to mm -hmm. start off with a bit. That's how my brain works anyway. You can have something like, depending on the target, right? You could either tell the person, the new person, that an existing person in the group has a trait, or you can tell the group that the new person has a trait. And the one my brain jumps to is like, they just really hate it. Um, it's just like an involuntary thing. They just really hate it if you touch your face. <laughs> and that's the worst <laughs> thing you could tell somebody um, because now you're thinking about touching your face. And you're like, oh, it's mildly itchy. Oh, God. Oh, God, <laughs> uh -huh. no. Exactly. Um, but, like, if yeah. I said to, like, a new person, like, oh, hey, you like uh, competitive, I was going to say BattleBots. BattleBots is definitely competitive. Mm -hmm. Pilates was a go-to example, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's say uh, you like competitive Pilates. Jake loves competitive Pilates. You should go talk uh -huh. to him about that. Oh, and the then, ambush. This is the ambush. Well, see, here's the thing, right? Like, they're new. They're <clears> going to be typically more shy. I'm essentially providing them an icebreaker. They will find out very quickly that I was lying. And now you guys can bond over me being an asshole. Ah, and, okay. Yeah, right? that's good. It's it's the, uh, hey, you now have a common enemy. Enemy yes. in quotes. Obviously, I'm not trying to uh, fight people. Because I, I destroy you. I would destroy you yeah. both. But this actually is not in Sun Tzu's Art of War. Also, <laughs> just so you know, there's not advice for how to get your enemies to ally with each other against you. <laughs> that's not that's not there. <laughs> Sun Tzu's How to Lose the Friends and Alienate People. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is a fun it's a fun book title. I don't I have no idea what the content is, but it's still a fun book. I feel um, like it got made into a movie, but yeah, I still have no I remember it mm. being a thing. It sounds like it'd be a Katherine Heigl movie, but Never looked into it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so, but... Jake, can I can I throw you under the bus quick? Sure. So it's warm. You get the friction from the tires. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, all the pipes hitting me and like, oh, the axle is the best. <laughs> it's like a, a special form of massage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, recently, uh, Jake is talking about getting new desks for uh, him and his wife. 
friend mm-hmm. of the show. Um, special guest too. Special guest multiple times, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about like the wood he's gonna get, and like the parts and the supplies and staining, and like we we're getting picture updates on Discord and everything. And he's telling me about like all his table stuff, and I'm like, hell yeah, it feels good to upgrade something. Mm-hmm. And then. Out of the fucking thin air, he's like, "P.S. I got a second cat," and we're just like, "Oh, let's never talk about that." I mean, uh, to be fair, like uh, she's been running the reins of like all cat updates. Yes, um, yeah. Also, I, congratulations to you both. But yeah, I just thought it was I mean, funny nice, how you're like nice. table, 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 <laughs> and they're like, "Bam, new cat." It's a cat. Yeah. You know what it was? Is we hmm. had our um, and this is what I was gonna mention actually on the last episode, but uh, then I forgot about it. But we had our our um. Uh, nine-year anniversary um which is like it's a long freaking time but it's also inconsequential compared to 10 nobody cares nine is divisible by neither 10 nor five what's the point um but we're like all right a cat is fine we can we can do a cat we can get a cat 10 a 10 is paper nine is cat okay (laughs) yes exactly exactly we get a plaque we get a plaque at 10 we'll get one silver (laughs) silver plaque (laughs) commemorating the marriage um and then just uh, just keep upgrading it at major milestones. Has it only been nine years? I mean, it's, as long as I've known you guys, you've been together. So we've been yeah, we've been married for nine years. So, okay. uh, but we've been together since uh, twenty ten. So, so pre COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a pre. It was it was but in the before times. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess technically we were. What is that? What's the math difference there? Four years. We were together four years before we got married. But mm-hmm. also, when I uh, moved to Pennsylvania, I was like working at Sears and couldn't get in-state tuition and all of these other things. So like a wedding didn't make the most sense. <laughs> um, let me tell you about Sears. They don't have a salary <laughs> for people working in lawn and garden. So no, not so much. <laughs> you know, that's kind of where like you grind your teeth. And realize about like the working world and having to interact with customers type thing, mm-hmm. but and it's never been as bad as it was there. Not 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 actually anything bad about Sears for that. There's other things I dislike about them. The team there was nice, but um, retail. Yeah, I would forever work in development compared to going back to retail. No, it is it is crazy to me. Like I was talking to uh, my cousin's past weekend. She's working at a gym um and it's just like the people who like come up to you and you're like hey you work here you're my personal whipping person um mm-hmm. something's not right and you need to fix it or whatever and like people are just so blatantly rude even i was at SaladWorks the other day weirdly ran into somebody who i see at the gym all the time not somebody who i know i just i'm like that face looks familiar right but um there was a lady in line who was just very i wouldn't say Karen-y, but she was being very overly particular uh, right. with some of the staff. And I'm like, they're 16-year-olds who are just trying to like get an hourly wage. Don't be a dick to them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably... It's a good life skill, regardless of, you know... It's not something I think anyone, everyone can exercise all the time. But it is nice when you remember that... Um, usually the individual that you're interacting with right now is not the originator of all of your problems like that's that's a healthy mindset to keep um 
And if you want to take it, if you want to go go even further into the the Zen aspect, um, they might have their own problems <laughs> going on that could be informing how they're acting right now. They're ultimately still responsible for themselves, so you know that doesn't you know remove all of their responsibility to treat you fairly. But um, I don't know. There's been times I made mistakes. Like the one I think the thing I think of is not. This has nothing to do with retail, but once after purchasing uh, Fallout? Fallout Three, yep. I you were at a red, red light, <laughs> and I think about that because I stopped in the middle of the intersection. The person behind me left me space to back up, and I've told this story before, but it's a good one. This was a learning episode for me because now when I see someone and they like make a mistake while driving, um, I might have that instinct to be like, nah, nah, point finger, nah. but I'm like, man, I was just a dumb mf'er when i was a kid and stopped in an intersection <laughs> uh because i was too too occupied thinking about the video game in the seat next to me yeah i think everybody's allowed fuck-ups it's just when you fuck up admit you're wrong don't be a dick about it and then just Which try and hard. be mindful of other people like if you're doing like a traffic oopsie like apologize to the people around you by just doing like the the head down the hand up like hey can't really communicate through honks how sorry i am but stuff happens you know yeah i've i don't have like an immediate example Mm -hmm. but i know i've done traffic goofs multiple times I can think of one. Um, there was the time now we were leaving the ones that I <laughs> No, I was I, my, the one I thought of where my brain jumped was just I would know I was in the passenger uh, seat, and you started to turn left. I think on a red after we were were leaving SolidWorks one time. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely I did that. that. I was like, sorry if I just dug up something that was you had successfully oh, no, recovered from. But you called me out earlier on the episode, so I called myself out, and then I call you out again. And this is what the episode See, is. It's just us calling each other out. <laughs> and, like, I, I know because of the SaddleWorks was located next to a, a gym that we went to at the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was probably just, like, zonked. Like, my body's, like, physically done. I'm pretty mm-hmm. much mentally done. I'm just got to get back. Yeah. And so I probably just... Maybe the sun was in my eyes. I'll throw that as an excuse as well. Right. It was also raining. But, and there was sleet. And I had a blindfold on. And, yes. <laughs> and I was tied up. Wait, this is something like a different scenario. Um, yes. there, yeah, was a guy, just... there was a guy in the car next to us, and he's like, bet you won't turn on red. Do it. Do it. Bet you won't. <laughs> it was a dare. I had to. Uh-huh. But it's just like when you, you're at a red light, and then ahead of you at the next set of lights, that turns green, and your brain goes, mm-hmm. oh, green. You see green. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like your your brain's kind of off somewhere else temporarily. You've gotten a trigger of like, hey, you should proceed, and then you're like, that wasn't the correct one though. Yes, mm-hmm. it's because it's very human, right? Like this isn't something anyone should really hold against themselves. And if it happens often enough, then do some training or something to minimize the instance of this. But I mean, like incidences like that happen. It, it's the reason it's dangerous to, uh, like if you're driving a motorcycle, riding a motorcycle. It's because people are functionally, it's harder to see a multi- motorcycle, but you can literally perceive one if you turn to check next to you, where your eyes see a motorcycle and your brain doesn't fire, there is something next to me that I should not turn into, because you're looking for a car. 
it's like it's the same thing as like how your senses perceive things versus how you react to those reactions those senses um jake's basically admitting he's hit so many motorcyclists yes like there's a number i should not mention on the podcast (laughs) but the lawsuits are pending and we will need to run ads (laughs) so (laughs) um thankfully not but Anyways, in the gaming front, we're going to jump to the gaming news this month for a moment as I skillfully alt-tab back to what I'm going to call notes, I guess. Uh, What have you been playing this month? Primarily, it has been a lot of Diablo 4. That's fair. We we have a decision point. we got to decide right now. Do we want to have an episode on Diablo 4? We're inviting the audience in for this. You guys can be part of the decision-making process. (laughs) All right. I'm going to base it um, off the feedback I hear in the next two seconds from the audience. Yeah, they're saying a standalone episode. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Thank you guys for the enthusiasm. Um. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Let's hear about Dota two again. <laughs> no, no, yeah. uh, uh, early, early impressions. I mean, if you're still putting time into it, it can't be like physically painful. No, it's not physically painful. Uh, there are some aspects of it that I struggle with a little bit as far as the pacing. Um, I will say graphically, uh, my computer struggles with it a little bit in some of the performance. Yeah, same. Anytime I get on a horse, um, I'm like horse just don't work sometimes i'm like cool <laughs> yeah. it's supposed to be my faster option of travel but here we go you get that radial loading menu like the the, the windows update spinner basically uh-huh. <laughs> on your horse as it processes there's a there's it's it's mounted it's so dumb at times yeah um i've definitely been lost connection here and there mm-hmm. yeah, that too but yeah any like finer gripes or things that i like about it i'll probably talk about in episode um, but I will say right now I have a level 57 druid, which I'm enjoying casting lightning on. Um, and I actually tried a lot of the other things outside of shapeshifting. And now I have like a level 40 barbarian who I'm starting okay. to learn how that works a little bit. And just way better than Necromancer. Necromancer got the fucking yeah. shafts. I, I I need to make a different class because my, my main is still Necromancer. I don't have anybody else. And it... Again, I'm not going to go into in-depth if we're going to have a separate episode, but I don't recommend it as a primary, I guess. Um, it, it starts to get pretty tedious as time goes on. Um, but it's still fine. They're all they're, they're all fun. I had similar impressions. I'm enjoying it. I haven't played it as much, I think, as you have. I was like, okay, level, uh, what would you say, uh, 54 or something like that was your 57 on the druid 57 i was like that's a pretty high level that's definitely higher than mine and then you're like by the way i have a second character and they're level 40 i'm like ah yes that's where the playtime is (laughs) um but uh no i like it um i'll save other impressions uh beyond that but obviously it's it's been doing a pretty 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 bang up job so far and so i'm looking forward to see how blizzard will ruin it (laughs) oh give it give it a month (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> give it a month uh um i had a couple i think news bits that were attached to d4 i specifically called out because there was a there were some things here um some of these were funny for me um so one of them doesn't matter as much i'm actually going to skip over but they're making changes to gems actually i'm not going to skip over it because it provided too much context 
um, the, they're, they're making changes for people who play Diablo, which is a fair amount of our, our listener base based off the metrics I can see um, coming back to me um, through Audio Boom and Spotify. Uh, they're, the gems are one of the few things that didn't really stack. Maybe the only thing that still didn't stack in Diablo 4. Um, all of the other like crafting resources just go into a special place in your inventory. But gems are like, nope, you're going to slot those between all of the gear you picked up off the ground. Um, and so unless you were like dropping a bunch of gems off periodically, you'd start to have less space for loot. They're apparently changing that and they're just going to put the gems in a different uh, inventory screen or something like that. So you don't, you only have your loot in that primary inventory. Oh, okay. I was going to say, at least today, the gems do stack on top of each other for the same type. Yeah. But yeah, they do take up slots in inventory versus some of the other resources stacking is the wrong way to put it if you're a, a, a longer time listener uh and you can go back to like one or two episodes when dave described the uh resource stacking tabs in the bank in your in your um your vault or stash and path of exile similar thing i think is what's going to happen here yeah but it's just going to be I whatever can... you pick up goes there I would do it with so many like legendaries as well. I'm like, is this the one I want? No. Trash. Uh-huh. Yeah. It might be a separate tab, but um I'm looking forward to that, but I obviously don't have much to say beyond that. I think good change, do you agree? Yeah, I I feel like they can still continue to make good changes. Mm-hmm. Just a little quality of life things. And the only other thing I wanted to add, and uh, Dave can maybe attest to that for the historical significance, but or fill in what this means, but the butcher in Diablo 4 apparently accounts for 1.8% of all PvE deaths. Uh, so that's everything outside of PvP. Yep. Which is a lot. Did you encounter the butcher at all? Yep. Not, not a fan. <laughs> no. I, I think there's one time where I killed him, but a mm-hmm. lot of times like I've been so once you beat campaign mode, you don't have to beat it again on any other character. So I skipped it for the barbarian just running through. Um but he would just show up and like kick my ass in a dungeon. I'm like, cool. That was sure fun. Cause I'm definitely not equipped for it. Mm-hmm. Because brief tangent, all of the scaling in Diablo 4, like things will be at your level. Yes. The butcher is not comparative to like other bosses in that regard. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna fuck your day up. Mm-hmm. So when you have like this very linear progression where it doesn't seem like you're getting any spikes as far as power, like, oh, I can definitely clear this type of content. It's always an active struggle. Stuff like that feels bad because right. like you can perfectly manage all of your cooldowns and resources and still get fucked up. And you're mm-hmm. like Okay, thanks. Yeah, I uh, I didn't know what his mechanic was. I've only seen him one time, but apparently just shows up in dungeons. Just shows up in dungeons, um, and he has good loot generally. If you when you if if and when you beat him, but um, I just found like a square of impassable terrain, and I kited him around it, mm-hmm. and I would just use uh, some necromancer ability that generated me corpses uh, slowly. And my ultimate ability on cooldown, which was like <laughs> 60 seconds, <laughs> multiple times to like chip him down. And then I just killed him that way. And I was like, I feel good for having beaten him. 
but this was not a good boss fight. <laughs> and the alternative for that was he rushes you down and he kills you. He's just very fast and he runs right at you. He doesn't do the general boss fight thing of like he's going to attack and then have like a defensive phase or fall back where he's vulnerable. He just runs at you and like throws a hook to grab you and stuff. It's it's the butcher, but um, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk more about uh, how previous Diablo games have informed Diablo 4 in the dedicated episode, but I feel like the reason the Butcher's in the game to such an extent is just because they're like, remember that guy? Diablo 2, right? Like, love this guy who's down there. He's got the he's got the mallet. You guys remember the mallet? Mallet was great. We love the mallet, <laughs> you know? like Or mallet. Uh, we we have to change topics before I just start going off. Cause... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was funny. And 1.8% uh, is a very high percentage of deaths. So maybe he's overtuned. Uh, get an eye on that. Um, the other thing I've been playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Hey. And that one is Breath of the Wild. <laughs> it is the same game. That's my review. There you go. It's. It's just that plus more things. So, I mean, you actually played Breath of the Wild. I think I borrowed it from you briefly, and I was kind of burnt on open world at the time. Yeah. Um, do you feel like it's enough of a a change, improvement? Like, are you enjoying it? Or does oh, yeah. it feel like, oh, I'm just playing the same game again? It's both. <laughs> like, so they t- basically take, um, without spoiling anything, I'm not going to go into a plot or anything like that, um, they take the existing game and world and they add some layers onto it. Um, but moment by moment gameplay, like if you stopped playing Breath of the Wild and then like while you were sleeping, I swapped the cartridge out for Tears of the Kingdom and you loaded into the game, it might actually take a little while <laughs> to realize that it's different. Um, I don't mean that as like a bad thing, but it's it's not like a... they. It's a sequel that doesn't really change those mechanics. They just build a bunch of stuff on top of it, including building. There's your mandatory pun, but, um, but no, it's really fun, and it actually it's nice from a game critical standpoint. We'll, we'll never have an episode on it probably, but uh, I remember how, and it reiterates on how this game is just based on scarcity and temporary resources and things like that. That like not even survival crafting games generally do. Like everything is just a resource to be used temporarily and the absence of any permanent resources all of your weapons break right all of your shields break all of your meals are temporary uh like there are permanent upgrades in health and stamina but like for the most part if you want to address a tough problem your solution to that is using the temporary things that you're allocated and it's so weird it's so weird to think about but that's the main point for people that like or dislike these types of games is can you embrace that or does it drive you crazy? Like that prosy D skit where he keeps all the healing potions till the end of the RPG. <laughs> I don't hate the idea of that on paper, but my big thing with it is like, it sucks to be like, Oh, I got a thing. That's cool. And then it breaks. Yes. And you're like, okay. So it, it's not good then if it's just breaking that quickly, mm-hmm. but then you would find something that's actually shiny. Like, uh, I forgot the little sentinel robot guys are called from Breath of the Wild. I think they were called sentinel. The guardians. Guardians, okay. Like, you get one of their swords, and it was, like, a huge damage upgrade from you using a stick or a little shitty copper weapon. And you're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, and then it's gone. Like, 
it, I, know, I guess it kind you. of immerses you a little bit into like you really have to guerrilla warfare your way through it. That's a good term for it. That's exactly it. It's 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 Link using every part of the snake. It's Link Pliskin. Um, basically, because you know... Like, I've been guilty of it, too. I hoard some of the good stuff. But you can't hoard too much good stuff. Because your non-good stuff will break. As it obviously does. And unless you're finding more supplies, eventually you just need to fall back on the good stock. Like... Um, the most obvious thing, I'm, I'm going to not spend forever talking about this game. I'll say that up front. Most obvious thing is like if you kill the um, the skeletons, um, uh, I, they have a name, I don't care. Uh, they like show up at nighttime, they'll drop their arms and they kind of like do this like janky motion or whatever you see it moving. You can like uh, use those as weapons and they have no durability, but they do crazy damage. So if you can like sneak up on a guy, hit him with a sneak attack from behind with this uh, skeleton arm, you can like one hit KO him. Like skip a fight, skip using other resources, just use the skeleton armor arm. But not super great in a boss fight if it breaks in four hits, <laughs> right? So no. uh, I don't know. I like that, but whether that appeals to you or not will probably impact whether you enjoy the game. And it is a traditional adventure game. So did you ever end up watching the video from the other week? about uh, Zelda being an immersive sim. Crap. I even think I said I was going to. <sighs> <My God. laughs> I if I did, I don't remember it. So you're lucky because the audience hasn't watched it either because I haven't linked it mm-hmm. explicitly. But Polygon did a video on it, specifically Patrick. I like when he gets into like the nitty-gritty of stuff. But he oh, was yeah. talking about how essentially it's immersive gameplay because you don't have this linear path to approach a problem. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the fuck you want. We're basically giving you tools and how you choose yes. to use those tools are entirely up to you. So like in Breath of the Wild, you're like, well, I know I can do some stuff with ice. I can move some stuff around and do yada yada. But then with this and like the building mechanic, it's like, bleh, everything. Yeah. But also like little it, things will interact with each other, such as like he was showing in the video and I'm sure you've experienced in Breath of the Wild. Oh, Uh, When there's lightning storms, that's attracted to metal. What Mm. if I put metal near an enemy while it's sleeping? And you essentially make this lightning rod to, like, nuke them. Mm -hmm. But again, that's that's... not something the game, like, said, do this. You're like, oh, if I put these little pieces together. It rewards intuition by actually programming that to be a valid solution. Mm -hmm. Like, more than pretty much any other game I've played. It does that. Where it's just like, if you have an idea and you're like, I think it would make sense if this worked this way, it oftentimes does. And then that just becomes part of your mental toolkit. Um, but I will say, even though like this doesn't seem like my particular type of game, hmm. um, just for like some theming and open world stuff that I just at least mentally can't latch onto right now, right. I really do like that, oh, I think it works this way, and then it does. Versus mm-hmm. so many times in a video game where you're like, can I kill a kid? Can I <laughs> right. get something wet games, by basically. throwing it in one? Well, you know, like the kids are typically annoying. Um, <laughs> yes. Or like, can I set this on fire? Or if I like shoot a wall, like does it actually show like the bullet marks in there? Or yes. like is something destructible? It's little stuff like that that makes it feel a little more immersive because you're interacting with the world versus just, ah, yes, the video game box. 
if I look at my mini map, I should go in this one corner because why else would they put that there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's most example most amplified amplified exemplified. Wow, I'm confusing some of those words. Emblematic. A good example of this is traditionally in video games, there'll be like a short little ledge that you cannot walk over. And it's just like, no, no, that's your invisible wall. Um, your character, we don't we do not do that here. Referring to your character training. doesn't have knees. Or, yeah, you're bending the joint a little bit. Um, and Tears of the Kingdom very much does not do that. You can jank your way through so many puzzles and encounters. You can The one thing that you really just can't do reliably is brute force your way through things. And that is what the game tells you on the loading screens. It's like, stop throwing your face against the wall. It, it literally has a loading screen that's like, um, uh, like repeatedly attempting to defeat enemies is not likely to end in success or something like that. You know, go the very build up power first, it. get resources, mm-hmm. do something. And I've, I, I'm not used to games telling you to like, hey, get good. Like you're, this is not, or you can't get good in this case, right? Go, 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 get smart, and then come back as an alternative to being good. But it's true. I think all games should encourage that to a degree. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my Elden Ring tie-in. Sure. So like, uh, the first fight, uh, Morgoth is. A good example, Margit, 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 is a good example because it immediately checks you. It's like I'm gonna kick your ass, mm-hmm. and it's designed to be that way because you get there pretty early if you're just following the quote unquote canonical path, and you're like, this fucking sucks. And from a mental standpoint, just going into that again and just getting your ass beat, even if you see some progression, it feels bad. Yes. Um. So it kind of is the design is to encourage you to like, hey. We have this whole open thing. You can go so many fucking places. Go check out mm-hmm. some shit. Come back in a couple levels, right? Or even find yeah. a tool to like help shut him down. Like that's the whole thing. Now, does it feel good to do the same thing again and again and again and fail repeatedly until you succeed? Yes, but I'm more so. <laughs> I'm just happy that I don't have to keep trying. Versus, ah, oh, yes, I did it. I've succeeded. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's a very apt comparison but they, these games share that exact same dna where it's like i've learned i've been whipped into submission by <laughs> legend of zelda to the point where i see an enemy and i'm like that would take all of the meals in my inventory and i will probably not defeat it or i check my weapons and i'm like i've got two sticks and a loaf of bread <laughs> um, maybe I'm not ready to fight Ganon. Maybe I, I actually can even got that. befriend Ganon and feed him <laughs> yes. and poison the bread. <laughs> he sticks. he loves sticks and bread. <laughs> That's the, those are the two things we know about our opponent. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, threat analysis, and then it lets you just mark things on the map, which I think I called out for Breath of the Wild. All games should let you do this. Oh just yeah, have, like, for a, sure. A set of emblems and be like, that is a skull. That's a star. This is a leaf. And this guy right here, I made the mistake of trying to fight multiple times, and I'm putting three skulls on the map where he is, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's good, though. Refer to our earlier whatever episode where I talked about Breath of the Wild, though. It's it's largely the same. Uh, well, I will only ask you one further question, then. Sure. Uh, with the building mechanic, what's the dumbest solution to a problem you have implemented? <laughs> 
Oh, oh man, I'm not that creative. That's the problem. Uh, you see things online like the Dracula memes and whatnot, where people are launching Koroks. Um, I haven't done anything like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the dumbest thing. The actual answer for the dumbest thing is the game tends to give you when you're doing a shrine, it gives you all of the resources in the room that you're in to get to the next room. I don't believe in this philosophy, so I glump all of the resources from the previous room together and I just like attach them with paste and then I just drag it with me <laughs> into the next room, try to find a way to get it into the uh, the workspace for the next solution. And I'm like, okay, for this one, we have like one burner and two plates and I'm like, great five burners and <laughs> 10 plates we're gonna make something crazy um so you're basically but, uh, hoarding is what you're saying I, I i i i do but the game does give you a lot of resources so you, you don't have to um they even realize they're like even in a game with scarcity and stuff like that if we make the building materials rare people just not engage with that system and we're gonna force them to so we got to give them a lot so they can uh build up that tendency but um other than that nothing too crazy i did build a box around a um basically like a zip line because i had issues with trying to attach something to the bottom and if it was a platform it would just slide off right mm -hmm. unless it was perfectly weighted so i was like all right build a box and then attach something to the box and then the box will move down the zip line and i'm like i'm a genius um and then everybody else is doing things in a smart way, but it was fun. <laughs> nice. Um, I will say I have been hearing great things about it. Obviously, the memes choice, mm -hmm. and also uh, another friend who maybe we could even have on, possibly to talk about this in more more detail. Uh, but she has been. She's not somebody who plays games. Yeah. Like, anytime I've talked, like she did play some Animal Crossing, but like. She is sinking time into this. Yeah. Which is good. That means, like, found something that she's really enjoying. So. It's got that Nintendo, like, this feels like a Nintendo game feel to it. Like, I think Donkey talks about that sometimes in his experiences with Mario games. But it's, like, it's very much a Zelda game. And it's an adventure Zelda game. And so... Yeah, even if you don't like a bunch of other games, you can't get into them. Like, it's worth giving it a shot. Again, <laughs> playtest Breath of the Wild, basically, at this point. You could probably get it used fairly cheap and retail for exactly the same price <laughs> it came out as, because Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. Uh, let's see. What else have we got for news? Do you have any anything else that happened this month you want to throw a little chat on, or shall I pick another from the list? As a very brief aside, because I don't have any information on it outside of watching a trailer like half a year ago, Skatebird came out June oh, yeah, 1st, yeah. which is Tony Hawk with small birds. It mm. looks very cute. Mm -hmm. I have nothing else to really say on it. I don't, <laughs> I don't play a lot of skating games. Um, yeah. But I could, I could be easily amused watching somebody play this. And then whatever puns they throw into it, because of course there has to be puns somewhere. But it just looks like a fun time. Yeah. I remember that trailer. That's that's a good sign. That's that's big for a game, right? Like for a game that I do not own or for a trailer that came out a while ago. I remember Skatebird. And uh, no, I was, I'm glad to see they made it all the way to launch. 
and hopefully they see some success. I'm in a similar boat. Skating games are their own genre, and I do not partake. It's like I I have played a Tony Hawk. I know what Ska is. Beyond yeah. that. Yeah. That's I like, actually uh, played a lot of American Wasteland. That was pretty solid. Yeah, I fell off the uh the the skateboard, I guess, before then. Back back I got started in the early games back when it was Anthony Hawken. Um and uh no, like Tony Hawk Pro Skater two, I think. For like N sixty four, which was the inferior copy, as we've said. Oh my god, yeah. Neversoft was always meant to be on PlayStation. Yeah, very true. And unfortunately, the studio is not around, but that's usually the case if we're talking about games that came out and we played when we were young. <laughs> um, is all, did Always Hard actually die? I'm pretty sure Neversoft died and the people were consumed. Uh, not like eaten, like like the thing I do, but the, uh, the thing corporations do. You got merged into something else. Yeah, I'm almost certain they got like bought out by EA or something. If you Google for the name of one of these things and it begins with name of company was, that's your temp, that's your hint. <laughs> that's where it goes. Um, so I'm looking at the end of their history. Uh, yeah, it was made defunct 20 years to the day after its founding. And they the employees built a burnt a sculpture of the skewered eyeball from their logo. <laughs> uh, to commemorate the passing man if you have to go that's way better actually <laughs> yeah it's pretty badass yeah i'll say that was a pretty gruesome logo back in the day right like this is this was these were the days where you were trying to get convince your parents to let you play video games and then you load it up for the first time and i think it was like an eyeball i basically imagined the the pixar my brain goes to the pixar logo yep i was gonna make a, a reference to that in a second with the crush but like, instead an eyeball the gets lamp skewered. just jumps on something to form the eye and this is like the eyeball is like running away actively and it's just uh-huh. like coming for you yep impaled it was pretty serious um so let me see here uh yeah well i don't know it doesn't look like i don't know what else they went on to but hopefully they're doing all right the people that were involved um did you catch the nintendo direct at all i heard some things of it what were you what were your favorite takeaways i mean the biggest one news wise i think was super mario rpg they're going yeah. to remake and it looks good because i think the original one came out uh for super nintendo right or was it uh 64? yes the very first one and then they had one for n64 okay but it, it's old and clunky as fuck but uh, it was one of those things where Nintendo branched out from just here's your side scroller, and it actually stuck the landing. Um, yeah. People were really hoping that Genos was going to be in a Smash Brothers is one of the final DLC characters for so long, uh-huh. and then they put him in as like a here's like a little me fighter skin. They're like fuck. Mm-hmm. But I played a little bit of it growing up, but I remember liking it. And everyone else who I've talked to has great memories about it. So I think they're really excited to have a more modern version of it. Yeah, I um I tried to look this up to, to sanity check myself because I felt I was wrong and it might not have come for the N64. Um, but the reason I found out is because in Japan, 
so many games are named Mario RPG, <laughs> and they just get renamed to something else in in the U.S. Um, so that's probably why I was confused. Uh, I think so. Paper Mario was one of them. Paper Mario was just called uh, Mario RPG, Super Mario RPG in Japan. So I'm probably that's what I confused it with. But if you enjoy Paper Mario, I imagine you'd enjoy this. And I'll acknowledge it. I still have Dave's copy of Paper Mario. I do as long as it's on the record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's first party Nintendo Mario. It's gonna be good. So I will say, typically, anytime that they have done something a little more three D and involved, like Mm -hmm. with Paper Mario or Super Mario RPG. I've enjoyed those more. Not to say like their side scrolling stuff is bad, but like it I don't I don't care about it at all. Like it's not for me. It doesn't have like the depth of gameplay. Right. Yeah. But they also did announce another side scrolling Mario. I didn't remember mm-hmm. the name of it cuz I'm like it's it's not for me. But Yeah. That was announced as part of the Nintendo Direct as well. Yeah. No new Smash Fighters unfortunately. Um it would be <laughs> Sakurai would be very disappointed <laughs> if that was announced. <laughs> so, he's like, "Oh, geez, we got to get to work." <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it wasn't that, and it wasn't Silk Song. So I was like, "Okay, all right, I can back burner this. Dave will cover it in the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be really funny though if Silk Song came out in the Nintendo Direct everybody else they had their opportunity for all these other platforms the game will come out on and they're just like no nintendo <laughs> um, also silk song can only be played online <laughs> we're oh like no. team cherry's the worst <laughs> uh-huh how the mighty have fallen but um, what did you hear about from the nintendo direct mostly the anything. mario games actually okay. i know there was that one and then not fantasy star star ocean star ocean is also announced um and I know friend of the show Shane and special guest also uh, is gonna probably uh, yeah we had one episode with him I remember because we we shilled his um, let's play after at the end of it oh yeah or did we sh- we shilled his let's play with Justin with Dice we had Dice on the episode that's what it was that sounds more accurate okay I'm demoting Shane back to friend of the show. It's like I've never um, seen Shane on video. I've seen him in person, but I've never seen him on video in like so many years. I'm like that can't be him. Yeah, yeah, uh, not on the list. If you want to, if you want to jump on an episode, let us know, Shane. Um, but uh, I know he's personally excited for that, and uh, it's really cool that they're continuing some of these chains of long-running RPGs. I mean, Mario. I don't really give him credit for that. It's Mario. Mario was not going to die off. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, poster boy. Yes, but for some of these other ones, I mean, especially if it's been a decade, maybe, since you saw the last game in the series, it's it means the world to people to see uh, that nostalgia revived. They're continuing that, so cool. If that's the game you're looking for, I'm glad you got it. And Pikmin 4. <laughs> I am four games behind. <laughs> yeah, Starting I, with Pikmin I've 0. I've I've played Olimar once in Smash. Never uh-huh. again. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw the clip he sent. It was purple Pikmin looked pretty good, but um That that boy thick. <laughs> uh-huh. 
and the deep in the uh, voice to say he's chonky mm-hmm. that's all in Mars voice it's tr- canonically super deep yo pikmin um, get over here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, i played pikmin one for gamecube i believe when it came out um in walmart for two three minutes and that's my exposure to the series it was pretty good based off what i've seen so something to watch I mean, it seems cute and fun i just definitely have not dipped my toes into that but mm-hmm. i mean nothing about it looks bad it all looks very cute yeah yeah usually nintendo lands that for their first party stuff they do occasionally make a misstep if they're like hey this is samus outside of a suit or something like that but otherwise they're generally pretty good that was actually not a remark for dread i guess dread is the most recent one where she might not have had a suit but i think she mostly does in dread um i think it's full suit i'm trying to actually remember where a zero suit samus is from i mean she was yeah playable and there was like a narrative game i think for gamecube or wii i have not kept up with any of the metroid games honestly i couldn't tell you i haven't either i just know it wasn't prime (laughs) which is what everyone wanted they're like prime 2 let's go um but not today um let's see i have a couple others i've highlighted some of these as particularly interesting i'll I'll skip over some of the ones that are less interesting um but we can cover some that would go quickly vampire survivors we never stop talking about it it's coming out with four-player couch co-op that's pretty neat yeah i would i'd play (laughs) with people (laughs) yeah you gotta get people there the progression stuff works or if it's just whatever round robin what do you mean round robin every time you like get enough experience to level up the next person gets a level oh okay Mm -hmm. so i guess that balances it out so you don't have like four people just on full god mode they walk away from their their game Uh uh-huh yes which would entirely entirely be doable with some of those in-game builds with four people that seems fun though because like you could have people go different builds where someone's Mm -hmm. like I'm doing books. All right. He's the AOE guy. He's doing like a circle. Uh-huh. I need garlic, please. Yeah, they'll just be in the center of the screen at all times. Everybody else is just doing their high damage as they circle or something. It would actually... I don't remember if they said this in the announcement trailer or not, but it would be interesting if they had like distinct power-ups. Mm-hmm. So like two people could not get garlic. That would be that would be good. I would at least like at least like to see that as a toggle. If not, then the game's gonna have pseudo PvP where you're like you can't hurt each other, but you can hurt each other, right? Like it's, um, hmm. Yeah, that'll be curious because you could also kind of get pushed into picking someone else's thing if the RNG is bad, right? That's true. Yeah. If you have a limited number of skips and banishes, yeah, interesting. Hmm yeah we'll see how it plays out but i mean props to them just adding more stuff um i think this is free i believe uh free update um so it I is mean, so vampire weird, survivors though, because like vampire survivors has always been you know like a three dollar type game on steam yeah and then having the the nintendo announcer in like just english saying you can play together with your friends survive for 30 minutes kill legions of the undead i'm like what uh-huh. is happening it felt so <laughs> surreal. It's just... uh-huh. I want him to just read off obituaries with the same level of enthusiasm. Uh-huh. <laughs> We'd like to say goodbye to 
Gertrude Smith. (laughs) Your family wishes you well in the afterlife. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he has a very iconic voice, though. I do like that. Um, that's a cool note. Um, that one I'm going to skip over. I'm going to just mention that Eve added an official Excel add-on as an Excel aficionado. I find this hilarious, even though I specifically don't really like Eve anymore. It does belong, <laughs> so it's on brand for them. Um, I, I don't time. even need to discuss that one <laughs> unless you want to jump in and you have something to add about Eve's Excel add-on. <laughs> nope. That's fair. Okay. Um, next one I thought was interesting here, and I accidentally indented it too much, was uh, Payday 3 obviously has been announced. It's been announced for a long time, but they've started giving us more information about it. And I thought we had to talk about this because for longtime listeners of exist, of which exist maybe two in this recording studio right now, um, one of our very first episodes was Payday 2. So, our very first episode is Payday 2. Our, well, even, perhaps even the first. <laughs> some would go so far as to say. Um, but it was some interesting news for those that tracked Payday 2 or they played it. You know that there's a very distinct um, stealth section, stealth segment, um, and then a loud segment, right? And sometimes the mission is such that you're like, hey, it's going to just be loud. Nobody bring a suit. Wear actual armor, you nerds bring like a good gun with no silencer or whatever the crap um we're gonna just be mowing through the legions of police officers because that's what you do in this game (laughs) uh and then other missions were dedicated stealth uh what they were introducing in three is a uh kind of escalation phase where um other uh the security on site might be searching for you maybe they've found evidence of your uh, intrusion or something like that and they're searching for you rather than immediately just being alerted and going to cops spawn in with guns immediately and come for mm-hmm. you um and that included even a hostage negotiation phase so you might have one player have a hostage come out and start like negotiating with the police they're not opening fire on you they haven't like shot at you yet unless presumably you shoot at them um, and you're buying time for everyone else who's still in the bank, drilling the safe, filling the bags, doing stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool idea. How do you feel about that's that? Interesting. Um, I'm curious how this plays into like the uh, the tech trees, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the uh, the four cardinal directions, but like they had people who were who could specialize in like, hey, are you down? I'm going to shout at you to possibly get you up. So you just smash the button. Um, And that was like a leader role. That's what Some people who are like better at like explosives and like using the drill and other stuff. So I wonder if there is going to be like perks for negotiating. Basically Mm -hmm. like a charisma stat. That would be I now imagine like Dan's just, his Uh his brain's firing off. He's like, I can bard stat this. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. I think that would be good for like that leadership tree. The other thing is, I, I don't think they've talked too much, or I haven't heard anything about the skill trees coming into three, but it is a jambalaya of like nonsense in two. There are so many skill trees and perk trees and things like that because they have the ba- main perks, and then you get a perk deck on top of that from like your DLC character. It gets absurd um it's just too much and i don't really recommend it 
also because the game's aged a lot. But I'm hoping that they pair so much of that back and come back to like this description, like what you're provi- what you're describing here of like these core trees and trying to pick out traits from them, because um, that was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, I liked people having their. I like when people have respective roles, mm-hmm. and you can be like, "Oh, I'm basically going to play as this character today." Mm-hmm. And especially exactly. if like people have like their preferences of like, I want to be like the in the back snipey person with better vision and better accuracy mm-hmm. i want somebody who's gonna have more stealth uh options or certain people who specialize in taking down certain types of cops when things go loud yeah like i would always bring the thanatos if i was thanatos, going like yeah. heavy guy i'm mm-hmm. like okay thanatos because they'd have the, like these people walk up and like full i'm gonna disarm a bomb that i'm planning to go off in my face type yeah, armor dozers dozers yeah yeah Yeah. and you're like you had to hit them in the head with armor penetration rounds and this rifle was like i'm that guy (laughs) Uh i'm 100 that bitch and this is uh, an anti-material rifle basically yes (laughs) and it's not like they died in a hit i think it usually took like two it was two i think yeah it was good for that and i occasionally use it on to shield people as well because it would just blast through them yeah it one tapped i think any other special yeah you just you just kill them with a direct hit it was really good, but you couldn't get ammo pickups for it. I remember that was being that was like the the downside is usually you can refill your ammo uh, from just standard drops from the security, um, but you couldn't for the Thanatos uh, because like the ratio of ammo you got back was less than one bullet per pickup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you had to use like dedicated ammo bags to reload that one. It was good. I really liked it. I really like that role based um, system, and I hope they come back to it because. By the time we were done in Payday 2, I was playing as Jacket with a dodge build with, like, the grinder perk deck for lifesteal. And it's like, is this a heist game anymore? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it was still fun, but I'm actually, for how long we spent in the game, I'm too scared to go back and play it because of all of the stuff they've added since then. So I need a clean slate. That's why I hope yeah, for I'd be willing to try three, depending on what other uh, news comes out for it as far as like the gameplay. Mm-hmm. From the trailer that they showed the other week, it very much seemed like two. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, here's people in a level. They have guns. They're trying to steal stuff. You're like, yep. Yeah. Familiar. <laughs> yes. Nothing mind-blowing. I don't think it needs to be. I just need, honestly, like an engine improvement. Something similar to like what Valve did when they went like Source One to Source Two, or yeah. Source Two to Source Three, whatever uh, Source One to Two. If I don't need a third party utility to make your game not shit, <laughs> I up. feel like we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice too. Let's not go crazy though. That's probably still going to be necessary. Hopefully the engine's good, and if they can do make multiplayer stealth work well, then I think that'll also help. Yeah, there was always a big disparity between I'm the host and I'm spotted. <laughs> Yes. And I actually hope that's what this new like uh, activity phase in the heist introduces to the game is like, crap, we were spotted. Uh, the mission's not over. We might be able to salvage this, right? Like maybe you can take out the guard that spotted you and then um, all of the other guards are just patrolling now or something like that. But it's not like an instant failure scenario where it's like, oh, we're all wearing suits. No one has assault weapons. Uh, reset right 
we'll spend more yeah, money. Yeah, that was the other contract. thing. Because like you definitely had to optimize your build specifically for that type of mission. Mm-hmm. Like Shadow Raid, probably our most uh, prolific. We're going to do stealth and steal shit. Everyone has their specific jobs. I have the two things of thermite paste that go into the blah, 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 blah. All that stuff, yes. right? But like if it went loud, room to get the key. It, was, it was a fail state. And that oh. was just it. You technically did have like a minute to get stuff out, but like you were pretty much just done at that point. Mm-hmm. but yeah there's there's a lot of missions i never tried because they were just they just didn't play very well in that existing payday 2 structure or they were too complicated a golden grin casino or yeah like we did that bank. maybe once i think i literally did it once golden grin because it was just not worth it it was just too much effort and the system didn't really support it um so they have their work cut out for them i don't have the highest hopes for overkill unfortunately if you guys are listening prove me wrong um because the last game i know they worked on was like the walking dead one one of the ones that did not do well not the telltale story but um it performed very poorly (laughs) and i'm hoping that they've learned their lessons and they've taken what they need to to make this one good because we put so much time into payday and i would love to play it i just don't want to play payday too yeah it's one of those things where at the time okay again hearkening back to your example of if you you have a bad game but you're playing with friends i wouldn't say it was a bad game but so Mm -hmm. much of the experience was the interaction with friends and like inspiring together um regrouping when shit went bad it was the theming of like the characters and the music was just Mm -hmm. oh my gosh mm, choice like i would still go back and listen to that uh soundtrack so many times Mm-hmm. Um, it was so good at so many of those aspects. Like I like having different cosmetics as like a loadout of like, oh, this is my heavy loadout. I'm gonna find like a heavy looking mask. Like they had so many cool things. Uh, it just definitely had some issues throughout. Yes, yeah. It's a perfect a perfect example of a game that has like such a great core, and then all of these flawed elements tacked onto it. <laughs> but that core was so good that we went back to it a lot. And Shadow that's, Raid. That's a basically lot, a lot. me. <laughs> I have abs of the gods. The rest mm-hmm. of my body is just comically bad, though. <laughs> I can't speak to Dave's abs. It's been a while. I could um, show you. It's obviously. But... <laughs> it's obviously. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> rest of his body, though, great shape. He's doing fine. He's uh, speaking in jest, obviously. Um. It's all muscles, pure muscle just around a marshmallow center, you know? Uh-huh. Sonic and muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Uh-huh. Um, I know that we're over time. You can you can hold this against me. I want to talk about one last thing, and we can we, we, we can call it, because this is Dota-related. I, I this guess, like, yeah, this is it. Um, so Dota announced, or the people that worked on Dota, presumably, announced that uh, they're going to be moving away from the uh, Battle Pass model. Dave's showing a gasp, gasp expression. Uh, why do you Why do you think... Why, do you, why, why reaction gasp? Oh, it, I was doing a fake reaction because obviously I, I played Dota a lot. Like, it's come up. Oh, that's um, okay. So I was faking surprise. Ah, okay. 
I'll tell you their rationale here, and you can break it down, how, how you feel about it. They said that their rationale was they had, uh, I think it's called the foundation update. Was that the last big one? Or I might be confusing that with No Man's Sky. I don't know. They had a big update. The community loved it. Uh, they made some sweeping changes to the game. Again, this is the one people were calling, like, it might as well have been Dota 3, right? Um, and they're like, crap, that we had such a good response from that. Maybe we should not attach all of our development effort into the content that goes into the battle pass and they specifically called out and i i'm interested to hear this they're like most people don't buy it um and so they're going to stop doing it as someone who plays dota how how does this impact you your day-to-day life your work your religion Needless to say, I've canceled all my future plans because I'm going to kill myself. No. Um, <laughs> so, like, for I think a lot of people, uh, if you're a casual player, meaning you will occasionally get on and play because it's a free game, you're probably not incentivized to get the battle pass. Mm-hmm. What you probably see, though, is you're playing against some people who have some cool content in their games, whether it's like a custom map or a cool cosmetic on a character or some other stuff. Um, so it feels a bit of that I guess FOMO where you feel like you're missing out on something because uh, yeah. you don't have the cool shiny cosmetics they're locked behind money or money and a fuck ton of time um, then there's like me who I will invest a little bit here and there slightly above casual and then you have some people who are whales uh, yeah. I know one or two whales who not like they are godly rich but like they will sink money into it because they want that stuff because dota is one of their main games right so they will just buy battle pass levels to get all the cool content that they want um but a lot of that content in there is kind of filler it might be temporary emotes or i can send out a balloon for my character like Uh things that are like so superfluous and it's just for like shits and giggles but again it's just temporary for that season of the battle pass um so i think that they were trying to get rid of some of that Uh, i am curious though how it's gonna be for a lot of the cool skins that you would see in the battle pass were usually Mm -hmm. community made Uh, the dota 2 community for like making cosmetics and skins it's like 90 at least 90 percent them um and like they will get a cut of stuff but like so much of that money just got poured into here's your big tournament everyone's getting the battle pass everyone's getting those skins and that's where it's really popping off um so i'm curious from like a monetization standpoint how that's going to be maybe they'll just have separate things where it's like hey here's a pack of skins maybe still made primarily by the community and you can opt into it if you want but it's not gated behind you got to get level 500 to get this cool arcana or like the dog version of crystal maiden right yeah so which was Long... Crystal Maiden with a dog, by the way. She didn't become a dog, right? Oh, Jake, what? you haven't played in you... a while. I haven't played. Um, okay, I guess I'm not aware. <laughs> she literally is a dog for the one okay. Arcana. Okay. You can also have the dog with you. So it's just okay. two dogs. Dog with dog. Uh, dog with dog. Which is how God intended. Yeah, <laughs> this is like Bristleback, Bristleback with the armadillo. Is what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess to answer your question... Uh, I do like that they're not going to specifically gate stuff behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of the community is upset because they don't like change. 
and it feels like a weird thing to care about because the major update they had where they changed stuff with the map it feels good yeah like it's still i never feel comfortable farming at any point mm-hmm. because somebody because of how big the map feels now it's harder to have like vision lockdown on an area and you'll get ganked a lot but it makes the game feel fresh makes it feel more active um but yeah, I feel like I've talked about it too much. Oh no, that's fair. I mean, I was I was gonna let you finish that out. I mean, I I can't speak to it for the game perspective as much because mm-hmm. I mean I had a couple battle passes compendiums basically we called back then, um, where I invested a lot of money into it. Invest is the most generous word I can use. <laughs> I saw you use it. I'm like, that's a great word. I'm gonna use it as well. Um, I got my Enigma bracers. Make black hole look cool. That's all I needed. But um then i basically stopped doing that stopped playing a game etc etc i'm not putting money into a game i'm not playing um based off what they said i guess a lot of other people that were playing the game also just weren't picking up the battle pass i'm curious on two fronts one everyone else is pushing battle passes right now everyone else in the AAA industry Mm -hmm. um like the numbers have to say that this is where the money is or else these other companies wouldn't be doing it like Bungie is going to have a battle pass and everything blizzard battle pass and everything um and valve's like hmm well diablo 4 launched and here's the battle pass we're not going to have that (laughs) you know right we're not going to do a seasonal thing we're not going to do any of that so i'm really curious how this what the lead up is to this like what where this goes um because it's so against the industry right now yeah and I can't imagine it was a snap judgment. There was one guy, Steve's just like, hey, I don't like working for the Battle Pass. Could we not? And Gabe's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then they wrote up the blog post, right? Um, so I'm curious where this goes. Um, it could be not that they specifically need to do it, but it could just be like a good PR move. That's true. Because they essentially pioneered the Battle Pass, I feel. Mm-hmm. Or at least were an early adopter. Um. And then had they had whatever success with that, or didn't definitely did not impede their efforts, and then everyone else kind of like hops on to be like, "This is our monetization scheme." Um, maybe there's like, "Hey, we don't need to do that to retain player attention, audience." Um, that's that's pretty insightful. They were they really were one of the first in and probably one of the first out assuming that this well i'm not going to assume but if this becomes a trend um so i'm really curious about that and the last thing which is a short note i know we're over time is the uh i wonder if this is going to impact uh valve's development cycle at all because before they were like hey we have (laughs) we have to get all this crap ready we got to try to ship it in the battle pass and they made it like 50, 75% of the way there. And then everything else in the battle pass were just promises for content that was going to be released once they finished it. <laughs> um, and so I'm wondering if this could like slow their cadence or if they're just going to start like moving to other projects or exactly what the impact will be. But I guess that's going to be news when it becomes applicable. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely see how it shakes out. Um, I don't think it'll be as catastrophic as the Dota 2 community thinks. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those people are just very reactive. That's good. Yeah, that's accurate. Listen, I, I've been in my 20s. I get it. Uh huh. Everything's life or death all the time. But 
it could know. be because they, they saw things like Overwatch where they removed loot boxes and they added the season passes and made added these expensive skins and stuff. And they're just like, ah, Valve, please don't do anything like that to us. Um, maybe that's maybe they're afraid of losing value out of the I Battle don't, Pass. I don't hate the idea of loot boxes if it's something that's kind of just accrued normally over time. Because mm-hmm. like as you play Dota 2, you can essentially get a random cosmetic after some games. But usually it's just like a small one piece for a character you don't really play. And you're like, okay. And it just goes into like a a pile you will never see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't hate the idea of getting things that way. If you're just enjoying playing, you get rewarded for playing over time type thing. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like the, I've never liked the incentivization of incentive. Hmm. We're definitely I over couldn't time. figure I out my words. Can't formulate words anymore. <laughs> Uh-huh. I do not like when games incentivize. You should you should spend money on this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, no, nah, you should make the actual content good. Diablo Four. I'm not paying twenty five dollars for fucking horse armor. Get the fuck out of here. Twenty five dollars. Yeah. Play Oblivion instead. That's my life advice. Um, or Diablo if you enjoy it. But if you guys have life advice that you want to send in to us, um. We're really looking for anything particular to podcast hosts. Uh, so we're going very specific on this one. Usually we get too much life advice. Um, please send that in. Soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can join the discussion on Facebook, uh, which is usually very philosophical, full of good life advice and things taken from posters on walls at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Later, haters. Thank <laughs> you.